Welcome to the like, yeah, second official um, podcast video or sound recording of Street Creds. Uh, the point of this podcast is to kind of give street creds to people's stories, to people's voice, and to kind of hear what the folk got to say, to kind of hear what the people of color around the University of Oregon got going on, their experiences, whatever they want to yap about, anything they want to talk about on this podcast. Um, today, we have lovely guests. We have people from BMA, Black Male Alliance. You guys want to kind of go around and introduce yourselves we'll go ahead from there um and then later on we have i think one other person from lma uh latinx male allies coming to just share their stories as well on the topic of men's mental health in um because it's men's mental health awareness month right yeah okay so we can kind of go around. I know Desi over here, he's already laughing on this shit. Uh, the only, I guess, like rules and regulations on this show is just keep some respect for people, you know? That's all I got. Uh, aside from that. Also, get close to the mic. I won't get close to the mic when you talk, yeah. Good. So we can hear you. I think that's good. That's a good distance. What? Allies is crazy. Do you know how many times Victor keeps telling me it's allies? Oh. It's Latinx Mel Alliance, not Alice. It used to be Latinx Mel Alliance. This Alice. fucking guy. All right. <laughs> so I've been trolled for the past few <laughs> months because he's been like, he makes me feel so bad about that shit. He's like, it's actually allies. Well, okay. Latinx Mel Alliance. Anyways, if we can go around just introducing each other, go ahead. Give your give your name if you want to give your name. You can say anonymous too. Um, but just, you can just give us a background of just who you are briefly if you want uh what's up my name is walker hicks i am a business student here i'm a junior uh from berkeley california i am the treasurer for the black male alliance and uh it's my second year on staff going on three next year uh it's great to be here cool um, my name is desi i'm president of black male alliance i am a uh, history major aspiring law student and um this is my fourth year senior year and uh yeah i've been here for four years and i'm tired of it <laughs> my name is getty uh, this is my first year on staff in bma uh, i'm a senior and i'm an accounting major um i'm sebastian flores i am the media and communications director for mecha i'm recently now appointed to pfc on at asuo um, outside of that, I am studying to get a double major in advertising and business and minoring in Latinx studies, Spanish, and multimedia. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to go off. Yep. Go off. And my name is Sofia Olivares. I'm the current director right now for Mecha. Um, one of, I guess, what producers? What's the name? What's the name for like whatever the fuck I, I got going on I here. Like, I feel like you're the host. I'm the host, yeah, I'm the host. You're, you're the main person in everyone. That is like, true. Because you're the one interviewing people. Okay, so, so I'm your host <laughs> for Street Creds. Um, we have another host, uh, she comes on every now and then, but she's currently up in Seattle. She wants to go visit her family right now. But um, that's Miss Lena Nguyen. And um, but yeah, I'm your host for today. Um, I am currently a journalism major my fourth year 
and uh, I am also minoring in philosophy and science communications. Um, from Los Angeles, California, not the real LA, not no like outside outer banks of LA Burb, or anything like that, Burb. the suburbs or anything like that. Um, from South Central California. Um, aside from that, you know. I'm here for the people, to give the people a platform and to support them too. So on today's topic, you know, I want to kind of like open up the table for discussion on men's mental health, specifically on um, mental health found within communities of color, uh, because I feel like often it's not really talked about or it's not really expanded on or there's not a lot of there's not a lot of resources on these types of things for men of color, especially. Um, on Through my experience in uh, Latino culture, you know, from what I've seen, there's been a lot of, um, you know, machismo uh, in, our, in our culture to not speak on our own mental health or their own mental health and just in general to be the head of the family, family to be very strong, to not be too feminine, to not be too this, to that. And a lot of males that I've seen within the Latinx community um, often grow up with a lot of issues because they're never able to address um, a lot of the mental health issues that they carry. Um, for example, a, lot, a majority of the men that are seen within uh, the Latinx community are either alcoholics or have some form of addiction. A lot of the times they don't have healthy relationships with the women in their lives because of the machismo that is seen. And um, those that would like to carry like good relationships with women or just in general want to stem away from the machismo narrative are often criticized in our communities. So I wish uh, Eric was here so he could start off the conversation, but because he's not here yet, we're gonna kind of start off with uh, BMA. So what have been some of the issues uh, through mental health as black men that you guys have seen throughout your community or just through your own personal experiences? So I'll just open up the conversation, whoever wants to start. I think a main thing is uh, the notion that you always have to be um, calm and um, you know, the negative stereotype of being the angry black man. Um, so that's something I've dealt with a lot on um, trying to figure out what, you know, the angry feelings are, uh, what the deeper um, causes of that anger is. And a lot of the time, um, it's definitely a barrier uh, and a defense mechanism for sadness, you know, um, to be able to hide and mask what you're feeling um, and what you don't want to feel really a lot of the time uh, what you're hiding from um, is by putting up a wall of uh, anger and defensiveness so you don't have to um, really unpack what you're going through and um, it's definitely the easier uh, easier way out you know of not 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 having to deal with what you're feeling um, so not not being the angry man um, and not um, knowing how to really communicate yourself and communicate your feelings to others um, and being able to really internalize and um, compartmentalize what you feel uh, and just packing it away till, till the end of the day when you finally get home and you can kind of 
really feel all the feelings, but you're going through your day just uh, pocketing it, you know? Um, probably, um, I don't know how to uh, word this uh, correctly, but it's probably uh, trying to live up to the uh, stereotypes that others put on us. For example, like, um, <laughs> most example in my life is being a hooper, you know, that kind of high school jock kind of mentality that, you know, especially for, like, black men, they will all kind of, like, think we all kind of like, act the same, you know. We get all the girls, we're all tall, we all play sports or we're at least athletic, and, you know, we can do it. But, like, not all guys are like that, you know, specifically me and many others, too. And then a lot of guys try to conform to that stereotype, and it's not, you know, we're not, not everyone is built to be that stereotype that they present on us. And a lot of guys try to conform to it, and it just doesn't work out, you know. They, they're, they're holding on to things that, like, they, they were in high school, or they're holding on to things that, like, they simply just can't be. So, oh, my gum, my bad. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. Hear that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in this audio can hear that. Some nice chewing ASMR. Yeah. Sorry, sidetrack. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like people. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Feel <laughs> funny, but yeah. In like short summary, though, like guys trying to like be who they aren't, and like trying to like make uh make them look you know like better than like. They like you know, all guys are cool and all, but like, same time, not all guys who, not all guys act who they really are, mm-hmm. and it's the fact that like there's like you know, we're on TV, we're on you know we're on like every single NBA game, you know we're in the we're in the media, we're training on Twitter, you know this is like, like you know we're like at the forefront of like media, right. but there's not like so then like there's not a lot of us. And like the everyday life, especially at like POCs and stuff like that. So then, like when white people see us, and ex- like I've been around campus, and they're like, "Oh man, you must be really good at football or some type of sport." I'm like, "I haven't played basketball in two years." Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I don't like. I'm gonna like just like let you be because like I don't really want to talk to you. But like people just like kind of stereotype and expect us all to kind of be the same. Like, even, like, the shorter black guys, they expect them to be fast off the rip, you know? And they, and then, like, some guys, like, want to be that guy and try to, like, match that stereotypes and, you know, get along with, you know, all the white people. But then, like, it comes at the cost of, like, their own mental health. Like, you know, they're dealing with stuff that, like, everyone kind of just, like, doesn't think they would deal with. So there's a lot of, like, that expectation for you guys to be the tip top, the best mm-hmm. to fit in with the narrative of the white man. Like, it's kind of like, we're already down a foot in their mind because like, we're not athletes. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> then like, it's, you're, you're even more down a foot if you don't have like a huge friend group or you don't have like a million girls on you or mm-hmm. you're not even like over six feet or, and if like, if you're just simply a student here to learn, you if know. you don't have other attributes to like amplify you, it's mm-hmm. not, it's like you're not good enough. Yeah. I see. And like a lot of guys would try to, you know, try to be that good. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they can do it and like sometimes they don't. And it's kind of like I've seen a lot of guys like just go down like a path where they don't really want to do it. Like you can see it in their eyes, you know, like yeah. they get out. Like I'm not, 
I'm not really supposed to be here. But, like, they continue doing it, though. So, yeah. Yeah, um, going off that and also what uh, you and Walker were saying earlier, uh, I mean, being part of both communities, uh, I, I can see, like, a lot of machismo aspects in, like, the black community as well. Like, there's there's that fear of, like, appearing weak if you were to ask for help, either, like, from your friends or just, like, other people in the community. Like, it, it's just, like, seen as, like, a failure if, if you're weak or not on, like, top of your game at any point. Um, so... I mean, there's there's like an aspect of like they don't really know how to look for help when they do, but also it's just like they don't really want to because like they'll think that they just look worse to other people as well. Right. Do you guys think that some of the pressure comes from women as well? Uh, like aside from the fact that a lot of the, these narratives have been set by men, do you guys ever feel like these this pressure has ever been from women? Hmm. Yes, I mean, like, I would, of course, just say yes, because, I mean, they're like half the population. They're just going <laughs> to they're just gonna be there no matter what. Right. And so they always, you know, of course, they kind of like have some type of, they're going to always have some type of influence on us. And, you know, as I said before, like, the fact that, like, a lot of guys, especially like men of color, you know, they want to, like, they find, like, white women to be easy targets. Mm. for like whether it's like sex or just flirtation or whatever and they want to like prove strong they want to like be that guy in front of them and like have as many as you can because i mean that's like a real culture where like guys just want as many you know girls following them you know like want as many contacts of them like want many contacts in their phone mm -hmm. as them and it's like and i see that and i don't like i'm not gonna knock on them knock on them for that but at the same time, it's just like they're not being who they are in front of people. And like when they kind of like, they kind of just like, when you talk to them and they're just like, they're just fake to you the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then like, as I, I'm like, I got to wonder, I'm like, who are they really? Like, do they really like doing this? Mm -hmm. Do they kind of like. Like they're not just, they're not being genuine not to being, themselves, to, yeah, to, their, exactly. to their roots and their culture. Mm -hmm. And then that in turn kind of like affects their mental health and in general. Uh -huh. um, I don't really think it comes from women. That's like a patriarchal thing to say. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's that men try to maintain the, hi the social hierarchy of the patriarchy um, by its pressures put on themselves, you know, and it's <clears throat> the problems that we have created for ourselves and that we don't know how to solve now that we're in this situation that we created. Mm -hmm. um, we try to maintain a social hierarchy by not being seen as uh, as low on the totem pole, you know, right. as, as low on the ladder. Um, and anything that we can do to elevate our own social status is, like you were saying, is like by that, you know, perceived um like social wealth and social status you know so it's it's definitely not a thing that women have done right or people who identify as women um so it, it's all it's all a male created problem um that now men are suffering from mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of where the real uh issue lies is how do we as men address the problems that we've created in a society that's dominated by men yeah um and it's more the the idea of the man and not 
you know, the individuals themselves. Because, mm-hmm. um, of course, everyone's different and everyone suffers under the patriarchy, women especially, right? Yeah. But men are suffering from the problems that they created. Um, and now the everyday man, right? Not the not the rich one, not the, like, political power, right? It's, it's the everyday common working class person um, that is trying to elevate themselves in any way that they can. Mm. And a lot of the time that comes at the cost of degrading women and trying to lift up ourselves from this, um, you know, perceived uh, social status. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely um, a male created problem that men are now trying to solve. And it comes at the cost of uh, men's mental health. And now that we're trying to really put men on the forefront of this issue that we're finally now recognizing that it is a problem um we're just kind of starting to to figure out the uh, the consequences of it you know um yeah the only reason i ask is because i think sometimes i'm, I'm the type of person to want all sorts of stories you know or just in general to ask a lot of questions and sometimes in my from what I've seen sometimes with like uh, my family and stuff like that. I could say, at least in my experience, there have been some women in my life that have made (laughs) men's life terrible and just very miserable. And I feel like because sometimes um, some women in, in like my family, for example, have put such high expectations on the men in their life and to care for them. Um, They kind of disregard any sort of uh, issue that might be going on with the men in their lives. For example, some, this is gonna be like cheeseman right here, but it's like, it's okay. Um, I have an aunt that is very manipulative and she tends to really snake out a lot of what she wants from the man in her life. Unfortunately, because she does that, she forgets to kind of notice how that man is doing. And from what I've seen, sometimes it's like she kind of like manipulates him, right? And she like is always asking and she like works in like a horse. And sometimes what I've seen is that because men aren't asked typically, like, how are you doing? Like emotionally, you know, you guys will continue to push yourselves and you guys will kind of forget, like, wait, let me take a step back and focus on my emotions. Because from what I've seen too, like men have a hard time trusting people in general um, and feeling safe to talk about their emotions and letting their guard down because they're just working, working, working. And in the case of my aunt, right, like, I'm not saying, like, women are like that, right? She's not the best person, okay? <laughs> I'm going to put that out there. But um, sometimes I think that there needs to be, like, that equal balance of um, just taking care of someone sometimes. To just take the time to, like, ask your partner or your friend, men who you care about sometimes, like, how are you doing emotionally? You know, because from what I've noticed, if you never really ask a guy like how they're doing, they're never really going to tell you. Sincerely ask 
and listen intently like how are you doing emotionally they won't really tell you i'm not really sure exactly like if i feel i feel like men do have heart to hearts i could be wrong but like really emotional ones how often does that happen um it, hap- it happens uh i don't know like at convenience you know like it depends it's kind of like how are you feeling I mean, like, if you really feel like you got put out there and, you know, you trust this person and, like, it just comes out and it happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes the other, other, the receiver of it, you know, can bring out their emotions of, like, or, like, you know, whether they're feeling at the time, whether they're feeling good, whether they're feeling bad, Mm -hmm. down bad or something like that. So it kind of goes, it kind of just happens at convenience where we at during the day where it happens. I mean, we don't, like, I mean, from my experience, guys just don't kind of just, like, let's make this time, let's talk tonight or something like that. Like, often more happens at convenience unless, you know, like, clearly something's wrong with the with person A and then I, person B, will come, will be like, let's talk later, you yeah. know? And whether it's like me FaceTiming sometime around, like, later at night or, like, or in the morning, the next morning. But it's vice versa me mm. too right so i feel like it's it's not just like a let's sit down and like let's talk right now it's not like super kind of like formal it's kind of, kind of like at convenience mm. what time what were you feeling at the time and like this kind of have to be perfect and i probably and going off that it probably doesn't happen a lot because you need to feel like like the conditions yeah for that to happen and then like a lot of those conditions aren't met you know, it depends on who your friends are. Do they really care? Or do they just want to, like, you know, they'd be like, oh, you're not your usual self. And then they're just, like, they'll just ask. And then, like, you don't trust them because they just, you know, you don't trust them. Mm. So it's kind of a lot of conditions kind of have to be met. And then, like, if then, it probably doesn't mm. have to not much either. So it's kind of, it's kind of, a, it's more of an just a complicated thing. Like, we just, all I can say is that we just don't simply just, like, Hey, let's sit down on like Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And let's talk. Like, it's kind of just like, mm, you look bad. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel like if there's like some clear indicators, like if that person starts to slip and like how they're trying to hide their current condition or like situation is like when someone will finally like ask them like how they're doing or whatever. And I feel like that's probably due to like the fact that, I mean, they think that everyone has something on their plate and like, they don't want to like burden someone else with like telling them about their situation and having them to like try and like either give advice or just having them help uh, and take time out of their day because it's just like oh like like they're already stacked up with so many things like why why am I gonna put more onto them? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just like that's also like that fear of just like not wanting to be a burden to especially if like they're close with them. Yeah. So. I've heard this before, like in the media and just in general, and it kind of raises like some questions for me where I'm like, hmm, is this true? Like, um, I've heard that the reason why uh, men's relationships with each other last longer is because they're more surface level than women's. A lot of the time, from what I've noticed as a woman myself, you know, I have gone through a lot of friends, you know, and it's not that I'm 
trying to be like a toxic person or anything like that. But I develop very, very deep emotional connections with a lot of the people in my life, whether they're a man, a woman, or just a person, you know, just in general, I have developed very deep connections with the friends that I've uh, been friends with. With that has come a lot of hurt, you know, and I think that's the risk that sometimes people need to take whenever you develop a good relationship with people, you know. But a lot of the men in my life have never, from what I've seen, have never really have had to deal with that. And it does make me wonder, like, is that fact true? You know, is it is it true that the reason why a lot of um, the men in, you know, communities that I've seen have stronger or just have had longer relationships with each other is because a lot of the, the or friendships that they have are just surface level. And with that, how does that affect you guys? Like that you only, do you guys think that you have surface level connections, by the way, with your friends? And if you do, do you think that it's because you guys are men? And does it affect you? Um, most especially, I think I can attest to that where the surface level is often just like, it's just us having common interests. Mm. Like, I remember hanging with a bunch of guys and our common interest was like just like sports you know just having fun and like but like it's really just goes as far as that you know like we watch the same shows like it's kind of just I've had kind of friend groups like that and that's just kind of how far you know our appreciation goes for each other it's just sports and a couple other things and game nights and stuff like mm. that and it doesn't really our like relationship doesn't progress farther now. Of course, I have friends that like, especially Getty here, we're like, we understand each other. We've had talks, we've had stuff like that. You know, our connection goes deeper, and you know, we have more than just common interests, right? Like sometimes we even have conflicting interests, but I still hang with them. But like with a lot of guys, we can just be friends. But then like, you're good. You're a good friend, Walker. <laughs> <laughs> get you guys example <laughs> but like a lot of like friends can really just be acquaintances if we just you know if we just didn't talk just a little bit more about mm. like a specific interest I see. and like it kind of is kind of like fake because like when you if we start kind of like talking about like politics or anywhere close it begins it gets a little shut down like you can it can suddenly get shut down and it's like oh we don't see eye to eye on that I see. or we don't see eye to eye on this over here so we don't like talk about that or whatever. So I think, and a lot of guys can do that, especially, I assume this, especially in fraternities, I'm getting introduced to like 120 people in like a new, like a fraternity. So like, you're obviously not gonna be friends with like, you know, like deep friends of all of those guys in the fraternity. You're gonna obviously have like your core friend group. But you know, when you see, I guess, you know, in a fraternity, of course, you can see your friend Aaron or something like that. You're gonna be like, hey, and you're gonna hang out with Aaron because X, Y, Z. Yeah. And you're not gonna hang out with him because, you know, the rest of the variables are there. So that's my take on it. It's very, it's fake, but like at the same time, you, if your common interests match, then it's just like, you know, mm -hmm. you cool people, you can hang. And Sebastian, I'm also gonna open this up to you as well. Like, this isn't just this kind I, I think this is a good, <laughs> like a broad. A broader um, topic, right. you know. So continue. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of men, um, just a lot of people in general, lack or haven't been able to practice, um, you know, the ability to to communicate how you feel and um, vocalize those feelings and putting putting them into words. 
Um, and so a lot of the relationships are surface level as they lack um, emotional depth. Uh, and so like you were saying, it's a lot of um, just shared common interests instead of um, really connecting with one another because that requires um, you know, psychological safety and um, a security that um, is risky, you know? Um, and so those deeper relationships first really start with yourself and until you are able to really understand yourself, uh, it's really difficult for a lot of men to have deeper connections and deeper relationships with other people um, since they're not really able to connect with themselves yet. And I think that's where it starts. Um, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with Walker. Like, for the most part, it is just like due to like fear or whatever. Um, and also just like, since since they don't ask a lot of the activities that they do are just like surface level and and you kind of just only develop like that deep relationship with time because since you're not asking you're you're only able to see like those moments when they do happen and then only finally then can you like actually get in like that position to like be there to get into like a deeper connection with them but like there's been times where like I've, I've been friends with like people for years and like it's been like oh like you haven't asked about this or whatever it's just like oh my bad like i didn't know and and but like someone else like who who's like more like into asking or whatever or just like more open they're they're gonna ask them and it's like they've only known them for like six months or whatever so mm-hmm. it's yeah i think it's just like that because i think uh i think a lot of friends like if i were to kind of like open myself up to like every guy that you know i'm tank that i'd be like friends with i think i'd probably cut like 75 percent of them off because wow. i mean that's a hot take but i mean i do not share a lot of the same interests a lot of the same traits a lot of the same you know uh respects that they have i mean that's just to be honest and they probably you know vice versa too like if we try to get along on every single topic you know, except for the ones that we already get along with. And I don't think we're going to, like, you know, like we're not going to get along that well. You know, like, I think that's kind of like, it's also kind of like that roommate, uh, like, thing, where it's like, you don't really know someone until they become your roommate. Mm. And then, like, that's kind of like, it could be, like, your best friend, but once they, once you got, once you become roommates with them, and once you really see how they kind of, like, are at home in their natural state, and kind of see where it's just like, wow, we don't really have much in common except for like, and you know, like just saying from like the average guys here at perspective, you know, like a common like a common perspective, like, wow, he just drinks and just like kicks back on the couch and just like and it's just rude. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people really see when they become your roommate, it's like, wow, this is a completely different person <laughs> than I became friends with. And you know, like I still I still you know like all my friends for who they are. Right. You know, because, like, I'm not expecting to like every single person completely. Right. Right. Like, if we like sports, no, we can like sports together. We like uh, this show, we can like this show together. I don't have to cut them off because I don't agree with their political views all the time. You know, I don't accept, you know, some circumstances, yes. (laughs) But, like, like like, if you don't like, you know, the Blazers and, you know, and, but we share a common interest in, like, you know, some Netflix series or whatever. I don't have to cut you off because of that. But, like, I feel like guys are really, like, 
you don't have to cut each other off for this and that. You just don't bring it up. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a really common thing for mm-hmm. us. And it's not like a big thing for us either to do. Can I ask like why you guys don't try to emotionally invest yourselves with your friendships? I think for me, like I don't want to be friends with people who can't um, reach that level. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like uh, it feels fake, you know, and it feels like why would I want to spend my time um, with someone who doesn't actually want to connect with me mm-hmm. and be a full person, you know? But you have people in your life, right, that you guys are able to be emotionally invested with. Yeah, yeah. In that sense, that's good. Um, how many people in your life would you say that you have like that? Like male specifically? Because mm-hmm. mm. I think women, oh, this is another conversation okay continue and then i'll ask this <laughs> um i think down here in eugene like probably like four or five if i'm being honest like um a lot of time like if if i do have like or try and do like those deeper connections with people there might be like those differences like des was talking about like where i mean you don't really agree with them and then like there's other people who you're close with who don't also agree and you like have that feeling like you might have to like fight for them mm-hmm. and and as those things keep coming up you're gonna have to keep doing that and then it's just like oh like like is this is this really correct like like is this am i doing the right thing by like fighting for them even though like i don't agree with those things at all and so yeah i think it's like if if that happens you start like losing that connection um and that's like probably why like some some like friendships just fail to like get to those deeper levels Mm. so now now i have like um pretty interesting question um do you guys feel like you guys can be friends with females because sometimes what i've noticed uh there's a lot of toxic masculine masculinity around this question from what I notice, it's mainly toxic males that answer no. But I think that a lot of men that are able to like see past sexualization uh, with females, you know, like um, they're able to be friends with women, you know. But I'm just like curious. Do you guys think you can be friends with with women? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you? Why is that? that shit actually pisses me off i'm like it it really does like appall me that like there's some men that can just be like no that you can have no type of friendship with a woman you, you like you're you're waiting for her to like um maybe think about you in a different sense or you're you're only her friend you're playing the long game yeah you're playing the long game because one day that opening will come up and you'll you'll be something to her that I know um I think it all comes down to of course the individual guy and like where they at in life like I mean it's kind of like I mean like I have high standards mm-hmm. relatively for like what I want in a woman and you know and it's not like none of my friends can be get there but it's kind of more like a uh it does not all my friends are there I don't it's kind of it's kind of just like it doesn't it's very complicated. I'm trying to put this into words. <laughs> but in short summary, it's just like 
friends are friends yeah and friends can stay friends yeah you know not you know not all friends kind of hit the um say criteria or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's like it's not like i can just like you know if friends are friends you know i want to be around friends yeah and it's kind of like that level of maturity for guys because some guys feel like they can only confide it into like other guys mm. and all girls are kind of like the same that toxic kind of like masculinity where it kind of comes in it's just like um it's also another word for it but um kind of thinking about like almost all girls are kind of evil that's what i yeah i was yeah. gonna ask that like they don't trust girls yeah and like they can only you know like either wife them or you know uh have them as a girlfriend or in a situationship type thing wow. so i feel like for a guy, it just depends on like some guys like maturity level, mm. some guys situation in life, mm -hmm. you know their history. It all depends, but it's kind of just like where we at, and it's also no help thanks to the media either. Mm. Yeah, I think I think the the men who say like no to that question, I think that every time that they do like build a connection with a woman, it's it's them just sexualizing them, and then when they have like a fallout, they they attribute that. To like the other women and every time and the next woman they do like is more sexualization so they think that they're friends with like like a new uh like person who's who's like a female or something but they have that in like the back of their mind of like what happened but they don't even realize that it wasn't even like a true friendship like they're just like sexually interested in them or just like romantically interested in them mm. so yeah yeah like heavy on heavy on that part and as well as like um, um, it comes to girls you know we're all humans mm -hmm. you know they have interests and you know like probably across the board you know we probably all like men and like women like in a mainstream thinking sense we probably have different interests but then like at the end of the day if you can find common interests with each other and then you guys can like you know go off that and then like it goes on to like a full blown relationship uh, like friendship because I know a lot of guys would be like oh hell no like I don't like no girl like that to that question mm -hmm. but then they can have like you can have but they always probably have like that one friend that's a girl that's like they call him a homie or a bro <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about yeah. so like I definitely feel like if there's a connect there you can make it work mm -hmm. but I feel like a lot of guys just say no to that because they just they don't we don't want to find that connection with girls especially the ones that they think that are like really cute to them because mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it's more about the objectification of their body mm -hmm. and of it, it's the complete disregard for their personhood, you mm -hmm. know, um, and just the way you like start off the question was saying, like, can you be friends with females? Right. It's it's always goes back to how you can reduce them to just their body and not the, the person that they are. Mm -hmm. um, and so for men who are not able to you know see past that right that's it's it's about respect it's about mm -hmm. seeing the human that they are and not um how how you can take advantage of that you know mm -hmm. um and i think that completely uh, like disregards like people in like queer relationships mm -hmm. because it's like obviously not everyone finds like women attractive mm -hmm. right and that's nothing there's nothing wrong with that but to say that like they can't have you know friendships with them um disregards like all of that you know um and so like of course everyone can have friends with with everybody um 
it's just it's it's just about the the respect and, and seeing the person that they are and not uh not not the the body that, mm-hmm. that's attached to them mm-hmm. um i was gonna ask so getty you said you're you're of latin american descent where is your family from by the way um mexico and puerto rico oh awesome okay so this is interesting because i would like to know um is there a difference in how cultures view machismo or just in general how they view men in um in their cultures um like between like puerto rican culture and mexican culture mm-hmm. just uh i mean i'm not gonna lie like i don't know too much about like my puerto rican side just because my grandpa had like really bad experiences and he didn't even want to like let anyone know like about like his time back in Puerto Rico or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like we do know like he did like have like an abusive father and like some things like that. But um, he was just like scarred so much that like he he didn't like let anyone in on like anything about that. Um, and he also like left when he was like seventeen to like New York to get away from that. So I'm not like too sure about like that difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Sebastian, um, in like Mexican culture, I guess. Well, I want to like speaking from like my family perspective. Um, personally, I haven't really like been taught by like my parents much about like their perspective on machismo growing up or like where they come from necessarily. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I didn't have that perception of like what we know now today as machismo of like um that the dad or like the dad in the family needs to work while the my while the mom needs to stay at home mm-hmm. it just wasn't like that growing up at least in our culture in our family specifically um both parents worked equally i learned that very much from when my parents split up i stayed with my mom and so i watched her i watched her growing up working every day working um taking care of three kids by herself so I learned not necessarily like what it's not to be in the type of scenario of machismo just just I don't know just like seeing that aspect of of that side of my family was really preparing me for how I am now and how I really perceive things and like I was going to say a little bit of that about that earlier when we were talking about like being friends with like women necessarily Mm -hmm. like growing up or being growing up in middle school or high school I always found myself able to like be friends with like women and not necessarily see them as like oh I'm like playing the long game like objectifying them yeah exactly yeah and so I feel like I convey that a lot to like the way I grew up grew up and especially specifically like how I grew up with my mom Mm -hmm. she taught me a lot you have strong women in your lives yeah Mm -hmm. love to see that and like ever since like going transitioning from like high school to like college I always prayed a lot of like respect and a lot of like my motivation to my mom just mm-hmm. because like like i said like watching her struggle growing up it does a lot to the kids that like watch that um seeing that seeing all the struggles we went through motivates me a lot to not fall in that stereotype of like that much she's most stereotype um and as well as just like having her as my motivation just yeah. being here mm-hmm. and so like like overall i just feel like she she plays a huge role in the in the way like i am now yeah in the way i perceive things around around me i love that yeah so a little personal background about me i have grown up 
with equally strong uh, female and male characters in my life. Strong in the sense that they understood respect from both ends. They were both, they both saw how both sides could be bad and good. Because people make their mistakes, you know? People can be bad, terrible, you know? But they can also be fucking amazing. And that's why I love people. I, I love talking to them, you know? Um, my dad, I feel like, and I feel like for every girl, um, their father is probably the most important piece in their life when it comes to seeing how male relationships will end up turning out for them. My dad showed me that a man should give you the utmost respect when it comes to having a relationship in your life, romantically and platonically. That being said, he has shown me that men can be vulnerable. You know, men can be emotional, men can cry, men can can love, and men can just be open about who they are as people. And I'm so glad, you know, like that my dad was able to be that for me because he has shown me that like, for one, not to really be afraid of men, you know, and I think that women sometimes kind of need that because it is a scary world that we live in, um, that you can find equally good relationships with a lot of men in your life as well as women, you know. My mom has shown me that, you know, but you have to have that, that firmness sometimes with men, that you need to be, you have to set, put your foot down, set those boundaries, boundaries because sometimes some men don't respect that at all. So having that, that balance has really helped me a lot. And I grew up with brothers. I grew up with two older brothers. You know, they punked me a lot for sure. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I also have seen how, you know, how bad it can be sometimes for them because of how our families tried to raise them as, uh, you know, Mexican men. And how sometimes the pressures of our family were set on them as a president the day that they were born because they were men and how sometimes my family didn't really understand that you're putting too much pressure on them to be something that is not even feasible i'm like you're you're putting this expectation on them to like to consistently be this strong you know hulk looking man you know to be this golden boy when you're not even asking them about the simple pleasures of their emotions or just in, gen in general what they enjoy from a day-to-day -day basis and just who they are as people. And I think that can be disregarded a lot um, when it comes to men's mental health. You know, I, I that's what I've seen at least like from my brothers, from my dad. And I, you know, as much as like, sometimes you know men do anger me <laughs> like i do care for you guys a lot and i do feel for you guys in the sense that like i'm like damn you guys got it you guys are you guys okay <laughs> you know sometimes like some sometimes i think you guys need like just a hug you know i'm like you guys need to breathe sometimes you know i don't i don't think there's that that chance as men of color especially to really like have that chance to just like let your walls down sometimes equally can be said for women you know um for women of color i think that's a whole other podcast you know but today because it's on men's mental health you know it's like sometimes i just 
I want to acknowledge the fact that I do see that there is a lot of pressure on men of color, you know, and um, to consistently be fighting, like I was telling you earlier, you know, uh, for things that are right for you, for your family, you know, for yourself or just for your community, you know. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, uh, I do kind of want to move on to a broader topic um, to kind of talk about, you know, your experiences here as men of color at the UO. Uh, you know, if you guys want to just kind of popcorn it to anyone here, go ahead. Um, I mean, being uh, an accounting major, uh, there's like no one that really looks like me. Like I remember one time my sophomore year, there was I saw like a black girl in my class, and I got pretty excited. I was like, "Wow, this is like first one I've seen all year," <laughs> and, and I didn't realize like I mean I didn't even know like that'd probably be like the last person that like was like black in in my class. And uh, even now, like I haven't seen someone like I've seen I've seen one um, Latina in in one of my accounting classes since, but. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just didn't realize this. I mean, I guess I should have just because like accounting might not be like something that like really appeals to people that much, but that like I sometimes like feel so alone just because like I'm like the only type of person that like looks like me in in my classes. So it was just like a little bit hard to connect with like other people sometimes because it's just like oh like you're, there's that feeling that you're like kind of just alone in your identity. Uh, so yeah. Um, coming to UL, I felt like a, a pullback all the way to like elementary and a bit of middle school where just surrounded by white people. Because <laughs> uh, when I went to high school, like getting here too, there's a, there was a lot more of us, whether it was a, the la, a, la, a Hispanic community and the black community, we were very much present there. So it felt a little, um, it felt like it felt like I was, went back kind of to like almost grade school because it's just white people everywhere, and that wasn't necessarily the it wasn't necessarily a problem for me, but it was definitely oh what's up Eric, <laughs> but it was definitely um it was definitely an experience that you know I experienced in a while, and I was like oh yeah we're back to this now, and it was uh and now I kind of go to class and like all my classmates don't even look like me. Or don't even like you know share the same uh, lingo as me you know same culture like it's kind of different and you know and I'm to them I'm just like probably what they what I probably have been just like the one black guy that's been, probably been in their like class for all their years in whatever state or city they've been in so definitely feels like coming here it's definitely a pullback to like grade school because. Just the only black guy in the class, and then I had a had a good taste of diversity in high school, and now I'm kind of back to where I'm at. But I've been able to find a, a pretty solid community, not entirely solid, but we are. But there is a community here, and it's and it's pretty fun to like talk to them about issues that like I wouldn't, you know, would probably never bring up to white people ever. <laughs> Walker, uh, I think for me a lot of the issues that I faced here have come through the uh, Black Studies Department um, with really having classes predominantly filled by um, non-black students, taking these classes taught by non-black professors, um, co-opting 
you know, blackness, uh, to treat it as something to be memorized and regurgitated. Um, and they take that proximity to blackness to forget, um, their place in the system, you know, and they remove, uh, they absolve themselves from, from the guilt and, um, their responsibility for why this is even being studied in the first place, you know? Um, and so trying to build a community with people who see the issues on campus and want to um, do something about it has been something that I've really been trying to uh, get into. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, while you guys can, can say who? Okay. <laughs> while you guys were sharing, we also had another member join us. Uh, are you ready? <laughs> yeah, what should I say? Uh, one sec, one sec, one sec. I'm giving the intro. <laughs> we got uh, someone from LMA here, Latinx Male Alliance. And now I found out it's Alliance, okay? Not fucking allies. They've been making, you guys have been making me feel bad about saying it wrong. <laughs> Anyways, um, and then thank you for joining us today. Um, do you know everybody here? No. Okay. Well, if you guys kind of want to go around and just reintroduce yourselves really quick. My name is Getty. Desi. Walker. And nice they are all a part of BMA, uh, Black Male Alliance. And um, we have Desi, president here. We got Walker, finance, right? Finance. Getty, what, what was your position again? Sorry. I'm, I don't really have a position. I'm just on staff. Like I just, I just do like whatever is needed. Moral support. Moral support. Getty. <laughs> nah, he's like he's general leadership. I I don't do him like that. Right right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know that LMA has security, right? That's that's yeah, Carlos. <laughs> Carlos Sanchez. Okay, but we got Eric here. Can you like give a little bit of an intro to yourself? Yeah. Uh, my name is Eric Ruiz Cortez. I'm the president of Latinx Male Alliance. <laughs> Um, and I'm a fourth year at the University of Oregon, double majoring in accounting and Spanish. And sometimes you'll catch me at Oregon Hall uh, as a part of Pathway Oregon. And yeah. Cool. 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 So a few of the topics that, you know, we've been able to kind of go through and discuss have been for one, you know, the overall discussion of men's mental health, especially since it's uh, Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, we went around the table kind of discussing um, the experiences of black men in, the men in, in their mental health and their communities. Um, now that you're kind of here to kind of provide this now, this, uh, what's, it, what's the word? Experience. Huh? Perspective. Perspective and experience. Um, you know, what's your perspective on mental health within our own community? in the Mexican community, your own personal experience. And just in general, like, do you feel like the narratives of machismo have been seen a lot throughout your your own life? Um, to kind of address that last question, I would definitely say yes, you know, machismo is very present, um, is very present in our community. You know, a lot of us think that when we're struggling with our mental health, you know, it's something that we're struggling with by ourselves mm -hmm. because that's how a man should do it. You know, he should figure out his problems by himself and, you know, get everything dealt with rather than seeking help from others. Um, and that's definitely 
been apparent in the past and in the present. Um, and unfortunately, I'm sure it'll be present in the future. But that's why there's people, uh, I wouldn't say like me, but I hope there's good people out there that will kind of spread that message of like, you know, <laughs> you can reach out for help. You can ask for support and it's not going to make you any less of a man um, or whatever kind of negative opinion you have in your mind. Um, and then in terms of mental health, I mean, yeah, it's it. Currently, I would say it's kind of hard to, to speak up because of what I've mentioned before. Um, but I definitely think people should do it more and they should know that, you know, we're not going to criticize you for reaching out for help. I've done it. I've gone to therapy and I've always found it um, very helpful and useful in just, you know, processing your thoughts, processing your emotions and just being in a more like calm and relaxed state. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, and I think it's something that is super useful um, just to go and get your thoughts out, you know, because a lot of us, we, I think the thing I'd also like to say is we all struggle. It's all, it's normal. It's not something that, you know, it's just you. Um, so I wouldn't feel like, you know, oh, like I'm the only one and, you know, nobody's feeling like this. Like, you know, no, like you have people that feel that way. Um people that are there to support you. So I wouldn't be afraid to, you know, reach mm -hmm. out for, for help. Mm -hmm. As um, a Latinx man, <laughs> a Mexican man, <laughs> what are some of the stereotypes that you feel like um, people kind of put on you uh, in regards to mental health or have you seen throughout like our community? Um, I think it's more of, you know, what I've already said, which is just, you know, the expectation is that when you run into problems, you solve them by yourself or that you're the one that solves the problem. Mm -hmm. um, I think that expectation is set upon a lot, a lot of Latinx males. Um, and then I would also say that if other people are struggling, like you're also expected to be present and to be empathetic, even if you don't get that kind of respect back or mm -hmm. empathy back yeah do you guys feel like overall like as males um but you guys have ever played into these narratives these stereotypes or just in general like have you guys ever played into this box that people have put in for you as men i mean i think for me like the number one thing i really hate feeling is um like feeling like a man, mm -hmm. you know, um, I never want to do things that kind of reinforce that feeling for me, mm -hmm. um, because I know it feels tenfold, a hundredfold to everyone else around me, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, it's more of a preventative measure for me to not make other people feel that way, you know? Um, and so I think it's really important to like recognize when you're like mansplaining, recognize <laughs> when you're like taking up too much space, you know, like in, it's not always um, like intentional, um, but I think just being aware of it and being open to people calling you on it, you know, and being open to recognizing that like, hey, this isn't when you should be talking. This isn't when you should insert yourself in these situations. Um, and so I don't think I've ever like been put in that, you know, box, um, but I think just naturally you are um, contained to 
what people think about you and what you let people think about you. Um, and so I always try to do like whatever I can to, you know, not reinforce that and actively um, work against it because that's like it's all of our responsibilities to do so mm-hmm. um, just to make you better as a person, to make your relationships better, your experiences better and how people um, feel around you, because that's ultimately what's what's the most important. Um, for me, my experience, I kind of uh, do what I want <laughs> a lot of the time. And a lot of people are like, well, you're a man. <laughs> and they kind of just like, they kind of like place all my actions or, you know, like, um, I just like do whatever I want. And like, oh, you're a man. That's why you do that and all that. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just Desi. I'm just, I just do what <laughs> I kind of want. And like. It's kind of it's kind of funny, but at the same time, like I literally just doing what I want to do, you know, what I've been raised to do, what you know, I've been doing for the past like years, and you know, of course, like ever changing, I am, but like I kind of just do what I kind of want to do, and a lot of people kind of just categorize me as oh he's just a dude and all that stuff, and then I kind of like I'm like okay whatever, <laughs> and then like you know you get to know me, and I'm not like the stereotypes all around you know so they're like oh you have a little sass to you oh you have this <laughs> to you and I'm like why do you sit like that or all that and I'm just kind of like well, I'm, I'm sorry geez like <laughs> my bad but I kind of like the kind of point is about, like that's the stereotypes like, I mean I just like be who I am but like the stereotypes try to like direct me in a direction and it's kind of annoying when I'm like caught out and stuff like I genuinely don't care about like I just do what I want. Like I just like you know I act like a stereotypical man in many people's eyes, and that's okay. But like to kind of just like paint all my actions because I, of a stereotype, like oh he acts this way, and, you know, assume I think this way and all that, and then like on the other side, you know, he's not doing that or that or you know. So the whole thing is kind of just like annoyance kind of burden it's kind of like being compared to like i'm the oldest brother but like i would assume for my younger brother like being compared to like your gold the golden child in your family why don't you do that because of that why don't you do that because that or you're just like him or you inherited you know this from your dad i'm like well i'm just me Mm -hmm. like you just want to be seen as yeah as a person yeah except me as me not as just like another man because i'm like because like yeah i'm just like i'm not gonna be like like in terms of like everyone meeting me, you're not gonna meet like a lot of people like me. And I'm not like, and I know going hand in hand with someone else, I'm not gonna meet this same person over again, mm-hmm. right? But if you, but like, if you wanna like conform to like the stereotypes of what a man's supposed to be, but I'm gonna meet you like a thousand times over and it's not gonna be anything special. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm in a, like a similar boat with Walker. Like I also don't really like being seen as like, like that box that like men are usually in um and statements like whenever people talk about like all men or whatever like they used to like kind of get to me just because like i mean i i feel like since i've been like raised by like strong women and like i've I've seen like those those negative aspects of like what men can do and whatever like i was like oh that like doesn't apply to me at all like why why am i being included in in that statement but like 
I guess like now I'm I like realize it's like even though like they say oh man like I, since I know that doesn't like include me like I I shouldn't like have a reaction about that like if if it really were to like bother me then like I guess I am a part of that group and if if like now I'm like oh like since I don't have that reaction it's like I can clearly see that like I'm not a part of that group because there should be like no defensive feeling from me if if I'm not like with them or like in that box. Interesting. So. Can you repeat the question? I don't know what this is like not a word. Um, have you played into any of the stereotypes? Mm. Have you ever played into st- uh, like the stereotypes mm-hmm. set by men or just in general stereotypes set within um, your culture as a man? Um, and if you have, you know, like, how do you feel about that? You know, I think that's a difficult question to answer mm-hmm. just because, you know, I can say what I want about how I act or have acted in the past, but it really depends on how other people feel mm-hmm. with this question. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess all I would say is that I think it's important for not just men, but I think everyone in general. To, you know, just keep yourself and the impact of your actions in mind. You know, mm-hmm. I think in general, just try to be a good pers- person, try to be empathetic, things like that. And I think that will solve not all the issues, but it'll solve a good part of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the question is a little difficult to answer just because, yeah, I mean, I I can say I'm a great guy, you know, I'm honest, I'm nice, I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but that might might not be true to other people. Other mm. people might have met me, had interactions with me, and they say, you know, this guy, he's he's not it. Like he's not he's not that great of a person, or whatever comments they might have. Um, so yeah, I think it's about for the person, you know, just keeping your actions in mind, the mm-hmm. impact they can have. Um, and I guess I would also say is when people maybe criticize you or you know, point something out that isn't positive, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, realize that that may not be true, uh, but there may be some truth in there. Mm -hmm. There may be something you have done Mm -hmm. that that was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we should be open to thinking about our actions and reflecting and realizing, you know, maybe, yeah, I did. I did mess up. You know, I did Mm -hmm. make a mistake. Um, But yeah. Mm. What's a question that you guys wish you were asked more in regards to like your mental health or just in general, you know, like as men? Anyone can start. <clears throat> can you hear me? No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hello? No. No. Okay, so what I was going to say is that I wish I was asked more on, like, how am I doing that day specifically, or just getting checked up on. Um, okay, um, just because that really hasn't been asked of me um, many times um, at all growing up, um, and it barely started once I started um, college and met close friends, um, and they would specifically like two people would always ask me how I'm doing checking up on me and it felt very nice knowing that people are are out there 
who generally do care about how I'm doing. And I feel like that's an important factor on how how I can express how I'm feeling or how I can express how I've been lately. And so, yeah. Uh, I'd have to agree with Sebastian. It's just, yeah, I think a general check-in would always be nice. Just, uh, how are you? You know, is everything going okay? You know, uh, if I mentioned anything specific, like, you know, if in terms of like being president of an org, if I had an event, like checking in, like how did that event go? Um, or as a student, you know, how did that midterm go? How did that quiz go? You know, those types of questions where you check in or follow up with somebody, um, those would be nice to, to hear more. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that check-in aspect. Um, honestly, just helps you like feel like you're being seen or like recognized, even with like like obstacles or just like small victories too. So, um, I mean, I'll agree with them. Of course, I'm trying to deviate my answer <laughs> a little bit. Um, uh, honestly, honestly, wouldn't know. I mean. As long as so, as long as like the question, you know, what is gonna be asked and in the res the uh the questionnaire, or questionnaire would be genuinely interested in what I have to say, and I think anything would probably do fine. You know, like how's your day? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? You know, how do you so like anything like that? And there's like a genuine, you know, listener. I feel like. I would be able to listen to kind of any question, to be honest, and answer it. I mean, I think just along with everyone else, um, just holding on to the little uh, the little things, um, showing that you care, and uh, yeah, y'all y'all hit it. <laughs> so for both organizations, you know, you both um, do a lot of good work to focus on identity groups here at UO, um, one being for black men here and for Latinx men. What do you guys um, do to help focus on men's mental health or what are uh, resources that you guys try to promote for people here at UO? I think the biggest, I think we can both agree on is uh, openness, sense of community. Yep. I'm pretty open to like anyone, a lot of personalities, a lot of different view sets. And you know, I feel like it isn't so ingrained in like the job description, but I mean, I want it to be because you know, there's few of, there's few of us here. And you know, the, the, the expectation is to maximize, you know, your members. So, you know, I'll, I'll accept a lot of ranging personalities and I'll get a lot of looks and uh, things for it. At the same time, I mean, we're not all gonna, you know, be on the same page coming from different backgrounds. So I think f for here, for mental health, I I try to like make a space where like you know people are safe. People, I'm not I'm not gonna judge too harshly. I'm not <laughs> too harshly. <laughs> too harshly. I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna like try and argue with like how you view things unless it's clearly problematic. 
then yeah, I want to like I want people you know around me to feel accepted. I'm not trying to be like fake, as in you know I don't agree with you. It's just that you know you're you, and I, I'm not I, like I'm don't even really intend on changing the person. It's just that's kind of like on them. And if I do change them, then it's just gonna be leading by example or you know just hanging around me. Hopefully that will change something. <laughs> but yeah, so as I think from like my perspective as president, I want like everyone to feel accepted around me and that like you know does he's chill doesn't chill all that and stuff like that so yeah i want people you know to feel good about themselves around me feel that like we don't have to put on this act or put on a, a whole display and be like okay and then like get into we get down to our more specific interest and then like make them feel safe comfortable what you know however you want to define it Uh, I would have to agree with a lot of that. You know, I think the point of LMA is to create a community. And in order to have that, our members need to feel safe and welcomed. So when we have events or meetings, you know, I just try to create that kind of environment, you know, where somebody, whether they've been to one of our meetings, all of our meetings, just a couple, you know, they walk in and they know, like, you know, I can be who I am in here. I can express my thoughts, my opinions. Um, and I know I'm not gonna get people that are gonna criticize me or make fun of me or anything like that. Um, I think in terms of board members as well, you know, we want, like we, I know I'm the president, but I don't want to walk into that space and I'm like, I'm the president, like I'm, I'm at the top, like, no. Not the dictator or something. Exactly, you know, I'm I'm like, my name is Eric, this is who I am, we're chill, we mm -hmm. just talk, you know, and I never impose the whole president thing, and I make sure that my other board members are the same, you know, because we, we do run LMA, we do have a certain amount of power because of that, um, but that doesn't mean we're bigger or better than other people, you know, we're just humans. Um, and in terms of events, you know, we're not experts at mental health. So we try to bring in the people who are. Um, the first thing that popped into my mind was bringing in Gonzalo Camp, who is the Latinx specialist on campus. And, you know, he just talked for an hour and we talked about, you know, emotions, how to process them, how to... Um, give our opinions and give our emotions to other people um, and it was a nice little training for our members um, that I hope they will get to use in the future when they encounter difficult emotions um, or strong emotions um, but yeah I think that's what I would say about what we try to achieve in terms of mental health how many people attended that event I'd say a good like 15 to 20 I think it was a good attendance Especially uh, having a part of like, you know, being president and like not trying to be above them. Because, you know, I was saying president because it's job description or, you know, joking. Like, oh, I'm the president of, <laughs> like, I'm the president of the United States. But I think the biggest part out of that is like, we're not really above you. We're just running something that you, that, you know, can all come to. Like, when you're in a club, there is no like hierarchy. 
like there's no like super like of course there's a hierarchy but like we're not running it as like yeah we're better than you oh i do more than you or i do this this over than you i don't want to like have that kind of culture or like subtle culture at least to be there i want to be like i'm kind of just like you guys you know i go to school i'm just doing i'm just trying to bring us together and we're trying to like make something out of this i don't want to like act like i'm better than you act like I'm I'm somebody that will like <laughs> like uh, no offense but as you will I'm not I, I like I'm not gonna be like at the long table sitting by myself at the edge of the table I'm gonna be with everyone else and I'm not above anyone in particular I'm just kind of just here with you guys at the same time and I'm just the one presenting it just happens to be that so yeah I, I agree um. What is something that you guys wish more people knew about you that people don't probably ask? If I'm willing to kind of start picking at your brains and to help you guys open your hearts a little bit. Like about who I am? Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> there must be something. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. You'll have to get back. I'll have to get back to you on that. Mm, maybe asking what I uh, baked recently. Oh, you baked? Mm -hmm. What'd you bake? Uh, I made two different types of uh, focaccia bread last weekend. Ooh. Yeah. Let's try some of that. I got you. Desi? Say the question again. I will answer it right. What's something that you wish more people knew about you that they don't really ask about? Um. Well, I'm going to jump from this. A lot of people assume stuff from me just from... Like, first looks, you know, I don't walk around campus with a smile on my face. Uh, first impression, you know, that will definitely throw someone off if I'm not on my A game and I'm just casual. <laughs> and even if I am on my A game, then it, like, it spurs them into a whole different direction. But, I mean, honestly, a question that I wish, like, a lot of people would ask me is just, like, what are, who are you? What are, what are you about? Because, I mean, it's a really simple and open question, but at the same time, I'll answer it to truth. <laughs> and I will, like, give them, like, not like a whole lecture, but, you know, if they really want a whole lecture, I'll give them that. I'll talk about myself for that long, I guess. The Leo in you. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I just, like, wish, you know, less people would less assume Mm. about other you know about other people in general and we're rather kind of open up and it's just like you know who are you rather than like trying to judge a whole personality and then grabbing these stereotypes and all this to try to build a, a character that might not even be that person so who are you okay i'm not answering that right now <laughs> <laughs> but sim but simply said you know i'm desi i'm not you know not i'm not gonna be Simply said, he's Batman. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty much. Eddie. Um, honestly, like a little bit like Des, but like my question would just be like, like, why why are you so quiet? Just because like I mean, I I feel like I'm not like really a quiet person. Like the people who know me kind of think that as well. It's just in like those first situations, I kind of just like feeling things out, so I don't talk much. Um, but like once, once I like know where I am in, in like a place, then like I'll start opening up a lot more. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I feel like if like people were to like 
ask me that question, they like they'd know like how I operate in interactions and like would probably see that like one I'm like not like shy or just like just trying to like avoid them or whatever. Um, I'm just like trying to like see where I operate and like how I can maneuver or whatever. Mm. So. Um, I don't really have a specific question I would like people to ask me, but I would say, you know, I like helping people. So mm-hmm. if anybody ever needs somebody to listen to them, you know, just somebody hear them out about whatever's going on, I'm always happy to do that. If they have a specific problem that, you know, they just like some help with, I'm also down for that to like give them ideas and brainstorm and help in that process um but yeah no specific question mm. you know if people need help i'm always glad to help so i think that question was like to help is probably so important because a lot of people they don't know you too well so then like you know them asking for help you know it opens yourself up to them really much they like oh he actually genuinely cares about the situation like i had some friends you know we call friends super super civil us on a superficial level and then like when they ask for help and you know they find that i like genuinely care and like you know in the moment everything they start opening up and you know you kind of like get a connection between two and that's kind of how relations you know cool friendships kind of start and that's pretty important when it comes to like clubs and stuff like that because like we're just we're not just here just to be here you know we're human beings and we are here to help you we're not here to be fake to you you know that would be detrimental against us or <laughs> vice versa you want to add anything to us? Uh, yeah sure okay um, so like I can't really think of like a question but I think something that like I wish people knew more about me necessarily would probably just be like I'm a very emotional person. I hide my feelings, emotions like very, very, very well for the most part. Um, like if like you saw me around, like hang out with me, you probably won't know like a lot of the stuff that I'm dealing with, like outside mm-hmm. of like what's going on around here. And I feel like it's an, it's a thing that I've de- dealt with for like many years now. I hold a lot of my emotions in, and so but I've gone to learn to like get the help that I need and like to express those emotions, not hold them back. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's a, huge, that's a huge aspect on how my mental health is doing as of now, and it's been a huge, imp- like huge improvement than how it was a long time ago. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Um, I know that Eric has to go soon because of a little event. No, what time do you have to leave? Answer. <laughs> I can't hear you. It's four forty-six. What time is the event at? It's at six. So six? Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you guys have any questions for me before we move on? How are you doing? How am I doing? <laughs> what is the question that you want to be asked? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Probably how am I doing more often. Um... The question I originally asked was what's something that you want to know or what you want more people to know about yourself. So I I think I can kind of like expand a little bit on both. So I guess to answer the first question, how am I doing? Not that well, if if I'm being completely transparent. Um, Yeah, I mean, like 
last week i think that i had i think you guys are some of like the the few people that know about this but i had uh like a mental break like on sunday i just i sat down with my roommate after i made food and i just he he legit asked me he's like what's wrong <laughs> and like i look at him i was like don't ask me what's wrong unless you really care and that's my defense you know um as someone who carries a lot on my shoulders which is why i told you <laughs> all this earlier but i carry a lot on my shoulders i'm a very busy person and just in general i feel that sometimes i don't have an outlet to just talk because i don't have the time to so i think I relate to you guys a lot when you guys say you gotta just keep going, 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 you know. Um, but yeah, I realized that me snapping like that was like the minute that I realized that I need to take a take it easy. Cause I just I started just crying. And I didn't even understand like what the hell like I didn't understand why why are you touching a battery like that? <laughs> That's poisonous too. <laughs> Anyways. Um I didn't really understand really like why I was crying. It just was happening, you know, and that's when I understood like maybe I'm not okay right now. Um, so I'm better than I was yesterday and the week before. Uh, but it's also another reason why right now I'm just trying to like take it easy. I'm not gonna go out honestly for a while because i think that drinking also doesn't really help and like having fun i think alcohol definitely uh, inebriates me like to just feel a lot shittier the next day but um i think that i'm doing better but i could be doing a lot better honestly i think that i just have overloaded myself with a lot of work and um i'm just trying to take it day by day what do I wish people asked me more often? Hmm. Maybe like, what are my hidden talents? Cause I have a lot. <laughs> I, um, I'm a really good artist and I've been going to, I went to art school for about eight years of my life. And so I am very, I'm a very talented artist. Um, I love to sing, so I can <laughs> I can uh, sing for all y'all. <laughs> not right now, but I can. Why not? No. <laughs> we'll find out later. And maybe later. <laughs> but Why I, don't we just like end, when we end the show oh, yeah, or the, the podcast, track, yeah. just you're the out track. Me the out track? Yes. No. <laughs> mm. Maybe, we'll see, we'll see. But um, I love to sing. Um, I've been singing since I was little um, and I played a lot of instruments when I was younger, like saxophone, violin, piano, uh, what else? Yeah, those are the main ones. And yeah, I have a lot of things that I like doing. I'm a good rock climber too. So <laughs> yeah, those are a few things that I wish some people would be like, yeah. Like what what are you like what are you hiding, you know, as a person? So, um aside from that, that's 
those are the questions that I got for you guys. Um, anything else? Um, is there anything like you want to see more like from your male friends and men in general uh, when it comes to like emotional things? Or mm, that's a good question. Um, for me personally, I feel that I have very good male friends. I have chosen them very, very wisely. I actually live with men right now. So I live with um, two of my best friends. And one of the main ones that I live with, um, who I've known a little longer than the other, um, I think that as a man, he does a very good job of um, understanding kind of like how he can play an important role in understanding my emotions having that respect and those boundaries between each other and just in general like how he can support women in general you know, like he's the type of person that like if you were to talk bad about a woman like or disrespect someone like a woman in a bar he'd be the first one to sock that motherfucker in the face <laughs> so i think that um a lot of the men that i've chosen to be a part of my life um i never I, and I always, I never have been the type of person either to like let myself be talked to um, wrongly by a man or to speak over me. Um, I always make that very clear, uh, especially if there's any form of like disrespect. I make it very clear to men who try to like inebriate what I'm trying to say um, that it's not okay. Aside from that, like in general, you know, from from what I've seen uh, with men who aren't my friends in the general public, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're gonna see, we're gonna continue to see a lot of men that don't respect women and their bodies and just in general, like their voice, you know. Um, you will see a lot of men continue to just try to speak over women whenever it's not the time or the place. Um, here at UO, from what I've seen, I, I think that the most that I can say or like specific examples have been just like that lack of respect sometimes when people go out to like party and stuff like that to nightlife. Um, sometimes I do feel like some men don't really understand that some women just want to go out to just have fun. They're not there to really meet people. Um, I think that from what I've seen, and these are some, some conversations I've even had with men, um, there's this misconception that a woman that is, you know, trying to look very pretty for the night or just in general, just trying to be flirtatious, wants something from every man there. Uh, it's like, I, I, I know that, I, I know all of you understand that that's not the, the case. But for those that don't understand that, it's very uh, disappointing and it can be very frustrating because there's some men that just do not get it. Like, And I think that those types of men, like, I don't understand what else to tell them sometimes, you know? And sometimes maybe they just need a slap across the face to get it or something or just smack across the ass to just be like, yo, relax, you know, like, what the hell are you doing, you know? And I think that as men that 
do understand that the most important thing that you can probably do is just continue to educate other men because I think that just in general, sometimes as women, it's extremely frustrating that we have to be the ones to teach you that, you know? And I think that um, I've had conversations with, you know, like people like Eric about this, you know, just in general, like with being a leader of an organization for male identifying or non-identifying um, non-binary students here on campus that you know you have to teach your groups sometimes that you have to understand that line of respect or just in general that you guys should be the voices for women sometimes in, in this aspect because it's very exhausting for women to always have to be the ones having to prove a point why we feel this way or why we feel a certain way whenever there's cases of sexual assault sexual harassment and stuff like that um so just kind of maybe just maybe just finding a way to protect sometimes you know especially when you can see that a woman is tired and trying to explain why she feels a certain way and just listening you know I think you all do a very good job at listening, by the way, and just in general, having that respect for one another and just in general for women and just people, you know, and I appreciate that a lot. Um, but yeah, that's what I think. Aside from that, um, I think that we're, we might cut this podcast just a little short just because I'm a little tired. I'm starting to feel a little tired and I haven't really eaten, uh, so I need to go get food. I mean, we've been going for an hour and 33 minutes. Oh, yeah, so and it's been a little long, so... <laughs> it's a little longer than my podcast in the class I have to listen to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's but fine, though. It's a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, um, but I am so happy that, you know, you guys were able to come and be a part of this. I know it's a little less than a minute, but, um, you know, I'm always for, like, spontaneous conversations like this. Um, I hope that you guys can connect, too, because you guys should collab, you know, LMA, BMA, and also, you know, we also hope that Mecha can also be a part of any type of collaboration. Eric, shut up. <laughs> he's shaking his head. You can't see it, but he's shaking his head. I was shaking it, yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, I hope that we can all find some ways to, like, support each other in any ways necessary if you guys ever feel like your voice is oppressed as well on this campus. Um, I hope that we can all form some way of solidarity for one another. And just in general, I hope that, you know, we can show that, you know, we're all here for each other to support each other. In regards to men's mental health, you know, I really hope that you guys understand that there are people out there that care about you and that you don't have to carry the world on your shoulders and that, you know, even I'm here just to just talk sometimes. I like listening to people and that you have a friend in me if you ever need someone to talk about anything, you know, and you're not alone. <laughs> so thank you guys for being a part of this podcast. Uh, that's it. All right. Out track. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't want to do it for the one time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> cut it there. <laughs> cut it, cut it. <laughs>